my, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. The Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. Joining me now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, James Smith Williams, Millbrook legend, Wolfpack great. Appreciate you taking some time. Washington, a lot of names. I'm not even sure which one still goes. Yeah. But you're in the league, man. And I guess it doesn't really matter what the name of the team is. Uh, yeah. As long as you're there. Right, right. Uh, had the good fortune to run into you at the uh, NIL event. And unfortunately for you, though, that meant you you got to catch up with me. And I, I find it interesting sometimes that, um, you know, you were my guy at, at state. We even had to talk about how you were going to be my guy right. and what that entails when I was covering the team, uh, you know, for the for the paper. And I never re- I've never really asked you or Naheem or Jay Sam or Joe Selfo. Did, did you ever think you had a choice? In being my guy when, when you were at state, or did you just kind of understand that it, it I was going to talk to you a lot? <laughs> it didn't seem like an optional thing. It seemed like uh, pretty mandated. So I think we're all happy to go along with it, though. It worked out all Perfect. Right. Perfect. As, as long as you're square with that, I, I'm okay with it, too. Uh, all these years later, four years later, I'm now asking you. So maybe I, I went out of the order of operations here. I don't know. But I don't know if I did that up. Better late than never. I have a lot of things I would like to cover with you today. Um, you tell me where you would like to start. We could start with with some state stuff. We can start with ACC stuff. We can start with Washington and NFL type stuff. Let's, um, start, let's start with NC State. Let's, let's start with the Wolves? Yes, yeah, the Wolves. Okay, would you like to start with the good stuff or the bad stuff? Let's do good. Let's always do good. Start with the good? All right, so you were there from 2015 through 2019. Old-fashioned, five years to play for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're starting with the good. Tell me a story from the 2017 season, which I i mean, I think most normal people would argue was Dave Doran's best team. You guys won nine games. Yeah. Um, had put a bunch of guys into the NFL. You played with a bunch of guys in the NFL. You probably have a Bradley Chubb story, stealing a towel for me. Yeah. Um, but I'll let you choose. I'll let you choose because that year was a great year for you guys. Man. And I wonder if I, if if like fine wine it has aged and you and you have a great memory of it or or how you kind of look back at that yeah. seventeen season. Definitely look back fondly. Um, I think that was kind of the launching point for NC State, kind of getting to the the upper tier battle of the ACC. Um, you know, and helping to win a lot of recruiting battles as well. It was that twenty seventeen season beating Lamar? Um, all the fun things that happened then. You know, you ask for a specific story and. I mean, so much has happened. You have to forgive me. You know, I told you our plane landed at 3 a.m. this morning, so <laughs> specifics are escaping me. Yes. Um, I mean, well, the Lamar game. I mean, we could start there because I, a lot of people do argue that that was the, you guys beat Louisville Thursday night, Carter Finley Stadium. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you still hear some of that ring noise in your ears or, or the crowd cheering? I mean, what kind of person are you? Do you because you know me, I'm I'm always going to go to the to the bad. Uh, but what kind of person are you? You're, you you've always been super grounded. Yeah. Uh, your mom Wendy is such an unbelievable yeah. influence on your life. 
Uh, I've always enjoyed your perspective. So I'm curious though, do you, when you think of that season, is it those, those great moments or do you think of maybe Notre Dame getting away or, or Clemson getting away? Um, you know, I forgot totally about the Clemson game, you know, until you brought it up. I have erased that from my memory. Um, that's tough. That was, that was a really tough moment. Um, I think for me, my biggest takeaway from that Clemson game is just the competitor that Chubb is. Um, I mean, there was no one that hurt more than him losing that game. There was no one who was more upset, who was trying to do more, who pushed, gave it all he had. Um, we wanted Clemson bad. We've always wanted Clemson bad. I'm, I'm glad that they finally got him because they got in the way a couple of times. Um, but you, I am a, a glass half full type of person, and I, I do look back to the Louisville game when you know uh, Pratt picks that ball off and the stadium erupts, and it's the loudest I ever heard it. I know people compare it to that Florida State night game from before my time, and yeah, so I, I definitely look back fondly on those memories of 2017. Um, you know, 2018 was fun, and then 2019 was very tough. If that's where we were going next with the bad, <laughs> 2019 was rough. Well, we'll stick with 2018 then, because yeah. it was another. You did you lose a chunk of those guys, Chubb, Naheem, Jay Sam, um, and well, no, Jay Sam is back 18, but you you lose a chunk of those guys, and I think a lot of people were like, eh, I don't know how good state's going to be, and to come back that next year and win nine games, that that felt like. You know, yeah. this, the name of this podcast is The Law of the Wolf, which it, which I created, right. which was when you expect the most, you get the least. And when you expect the least, you get the most. And 18 definitely felt like a Law of the Wolf year. Yeah. Um, you know, 18 was, it was a weird time going to 18 because the whole staff had had that group of Chubb, BJ, Justin Jones, Contavious Street, all those guys. I think we lost more guys too. I don't know if Jacoby Myers left. I mean, there was a mass... A mass takeoff, and Naheem, I think, was gone after 17. Um, so the coaching staff, like, they had gotten, I don't want to say complacent, right, because you're always working as hard as you can, but they gotten comfortable with that, looking around the room and seeing that level of talent. And that being, I mean, my first year as a starter, uh, Laurel's first year as a starter, uh, Pratt's back, um, you know. Yeah, Pratt was- and Kelvin Harmon were, were your two best players that year. You, you'll forgive me for saying you weren't, uh, right? Yeah, I, I'll live. Uh, the sense of urgency was just different in that offseason. You know, there was there was a grind, there was a push. We all had chips on our shoulders and in a sense of wanting to prove ourselves, of, you know, not wanting to live in the shadow of Bradley Chubb, even though, I mean, his shadow is humongous and a lot of us do live in it, and that's okay. But, like, you know, as a, as a team, the team's success, and we don't want to have that fall off. And, I mean, you know, Kelvin had an outstanding year. And, you know, Pratt, I think, is someone who gets kind of lost in the history of NC State, but – he was a brilliant player. Like, football, I mean, you just, he knew what play was coming. He knew the film. He knew what routes were coming. And that helps me out. He's like, hey, stretch your way. Hey, his boot right here. Like, Pratt, I mean, it's it's so impressive. Obviously, it's, it's doing well. It's serving him well now with the Bengals, right? He just got paid. Um, you know, but playing in front of Pratt was super helpful. And, you know, Laurel and I kind of just stepped into our roles. And, you know, we weren't all Americans, but we won games. We made plays when we needed to. You keep naming NFL players. What do you think is the top reason that NC State's been able to put as many guys into the NFL as they've had? And it's third most in, in the ACC yeah. over the last few years. And it's it's one of the top producers in the country right now. Yeah, I think it's it's truly the backbone of the program and what, what we stand for, right? I think we have a lot of guys who not only get to the NFL, which is kind of a talent-based thing, that's kind of a numbers, how do you look at the combines, a lot of factors there, your film matters too, but also the intangibles that we got at NC State of 
you know, it's a hard-working place, right? You're going to have to grind the film. You're going to have to grind the practice field. Like, there's no, you know, slip-up there. And the competition and practice has gotten a lot better, too. Um, you know, I, I remember practicing against Icky as a freshman. I was like, this guy's a freshman? And now a couple years later, he's a he's a top-ten pick. So, I mean, they definitely evaluate good guys. Um, and well, then, I was talking about the secret weapon in, in D'Antonio Burnett, Coach Thunder. That's, that's what I was going to say. And, and Thunder develops people. I mean, he made me in terms of, you know, my stature and – People don't realize, but the strength coaches, that's who you're with the most in, in college. It's not the coaches they're recruiting. Um, so from the football side of things, you're with the strength staff 24-7. I mean, and they're molding you as a man, the accountability aspect, but they're also, you know, developing you as a football player. And I mean, D'Antonio Burnett is, I mean, one of the best in the business. I mean, I think he's been recognized nationally. He's, you know, NC State's the AD title. Like, they've, I mean, he is the best and I do think that he is someone that's definitely allowed us to get to where we're at. You got you look at most of those guys. I mean you look at BJ was already big, okay. Okay, Pratt was a safety, uh Chubb was a linebacker, I was a safety, um Jacoby was like a hundred and sixty pound quarterback. Yeah. Like I mean like no My, one can, yeah. and you know it's not like Alabama where these guys walk in, you know, at 17 at 265. Like that's not that's not the guys state's getting. Um, I don't know if that's changing. I don't know. I know Liam was a, a big get and like the Darren Roseboros of the world, but um, Thunder is a very important part of the program. I mean, you can't overstate how much he does for NC State. Some people are just really good with people and you can't explain why they connect and why they have a gift. And I think Thunder's probably one of those people. Uh, but how much do you think of his success at NC State as a player? It carries weight with recruits and can look at him and go, Maybe they don't even remember at this point how good he was on that Philip on, on Phillips teams, but how much of that do you think you know kind of gives him a lot of weight and credibility with with the recruits and the players in the program? That's tough, especially what recruiting is now. I think the beauty of what Thunder has done is that all of those hard works with the Chubs, with the BJs, with me, like now you can pull up a slideshow and be like, hey. You know, this kid came in at 195 pounds. He's now 270 going to his fourth year in the league. Here's the career earnings. You know, Chubb has a $100 million deal. Like, it's, you know, I mean, like you can you can sit back at, behind his work and just look at the people he's developed. I don't think he has to even bring himself up. I mean, I think yeah. anyway, because most kids now, you know, they, they probably have a long memory. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I, I'll, 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 we'll get to uh, 19 on the other side here. Let's take a quick break. I got James Smith-Williams here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. We'll be right back after these words from my... Because I got to eat over here, my friend. I, I got I to gotta sell a few bills here. Hang on one second. You know the best way to sell your house or to buy a new house? It's to use a realtor. Check out Barry Woodard and his group, myhtr.com. That's hometown realty. Check them out, myhtr.com, or give them a call, 919-550-7355. Don't go with one of these people, you know, these groups or guys who you see on billboards and are like, hey, sell to me for a dollar. No, man. Maximize your value. Go with Barry Woodard and his team. They have more than six locations. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, you name it. They're there. Atlantic Beach, myhtr.com, Barry Woodard. Six locations. They have more than 250 agents. They know what they're doing. Get the best bang for your buck, whether you're trying to sell your home or whether you're trying to buy a home. Check out Barry Woodard and his team at myhtr.com. And of course, when you're going to sell that house or buy that house, you're going to need to close. So you're going to need a lawyer. 
Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer, they have more than 20 years experience. They also have all of the locations covered. Garner, Gastonia, Goldsboro, you name it, all of the G's, Raleigh, of course. Check them out. They have the world's greatest URL. It's wh.lawyer. You can also give them a call at 919-772-7000. Josh Whitaker, big state fan. I know. I didn't think there were many that lawyer that many lawyers that were state fans, but Josh Whitaker is the exception to the rule here in the triangle. Check him out again, the world's greatest URL. Any kind of law needs you, any kind of law needs you have. Closing on a house, whether you're selling a business or maybe you got family law issues. Check them out. WH.lawyer. And obviously, there's nothing more we love here on the OG Media Company than new sponsors. Well, and we've got a new one. We've got a great new one. I think you're going to love the apparel that Home Field Apparel has. Check out this merch they have for NC State. You have shirts. You got quarter zips. You got joggers. T-shirts for men and for women. Look, some of these throwback logos, the Howling Cow, the Carter-Finley Stadium stuff. Look, K-Yow Court, Cardiac Pack, National Champs, dear old NC State, Wolfpack Country. My personal favorite here, this Vintage 74 with the Wolfhead and the number one. Just don't They just don't make stuff like that anymore. Go check them out at homefieldapparel.com. That's homefieldapparel.com. If you use the promo code OG23, you will get 15% off your first order. So use that promo code OG23 and go get the sweet merch from Homefield Apparel. Big thanks to our friends at Homefield. Looking forward to this season in style. All right, look at that magic. I mean, it's amazing how I just made that work, James. I, I know you're impressed. We're back. Um, tell Heaster I'm looking for a car. If they want to, I, I will. I'll, yeah. I'll send you my guy if you'd like. If that's what you'd like, I, I'll make this thing work right now. Look, I, I'd appreciate it. We got okay, <laughs> done yeah. deal. I'll text you when we're done. Absolutely, they will take care of you. The Heaster Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, get off of Keister. Get down to Heaster, just like James Smith Williams here. All right, James. Uh, <laughs> let's let's just get to nineteen a little bit because it, it has been the blip on Dave Doran's resume, and and there were so many injuries and. I'm looking here. You played six games. I don't even remember you being able to play six games that year. Um, there were a lot of injuries and I, I, there was turnover on the staff. And obviously you, had, you guys had just put like 14 or 15 guys into the NFL. Um, and, that, and for NC State, that's, you know, there's going to be waves. It's not going to be a consistent every year. You're going to have a group like that. But I'm curious now that you've had some distance here a little bit, when when you look back at 19, what, where do you think everything went wrong in 19? You know, I've kind of erased 19 from my memory bank. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was tough. There was a lot of, a lot of fluctuation um, under center with the offensive side of the ball, with the quarterback situation. That went in a couple different directions before they, you know, decided on Leary. Um, defensively, we had just transitioned to the 3-3-5. And we're, right. all, uh, we're all kind of 4-2-5 guys. I mean, I think I can – you know, I was very upset, you know, like you go from being a, a rush and, you know, I'm having my best season. Okay. I'm running the back and, you know, now I'm playing four and four. And I, you know, I've never anticipated that. And we're all kind of, you know, I was, I was undersized for a four technique. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of things we were trying to make work with the personnel. Um, obviously the defense is taking off and it's a, it's a great scheme and the DC over there definitely knows what he's doing. 
but that first year transition, I mean, I, I dragged my feet. A lot of guys dragged their feet because it was, it was just so different. You know, it's, it's not like we're going, you know, 4-3 to 3-4. You can just stand up outside linebacker. It's like, hey, you're, you're the you're the head up and now. You're the four technique, and that looks different pass rushing. The fits are different. Everything's different. And, you know, you've been in the system for four years. You know it inside and out. Now all the calls are different. It's it was definitely a growing period, a lot of pain, but I mean, they made it all right on the other side for sure. Let's go back because uh, your teammate recently made some news. Your, your teammate from NC State and your teammate with Washington recently made some news about who he was a fan of growing up. I'm not sure if you saw this, but Jacoby Brissett had mentioned that he basically is a Carolina fan, that he grew up a Carolina fan, wanted to go to Carolina because he was a basketball player too. And now, of course, now he roots for NC State football, but still is a Carolina basketball fan. Uh, as someone who is from Raleigh and who went to Millbrook and went to NC State, I know that you can understand how that was received by NC State fans. Um, but I'm going to put you on the on the spot here as someone from Raleigh who went to Millbrook. Um, who did you root for growing up? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I was a Duke basketball fan. Duke. It's- Yes, it was. The whole family was for no reason. But obviously, I'm not, make it very clear, I'm not here today saying that I'm a fan of Duke basketball. I'm an NC State guy, you know, in and out. Um, you know, I love the university. I did a lot of really cool things there. But yeah, I grew up a, a Duke basketball fan. I mean, yeah. I, when I was a kid, it was J.J. Reddick, John sure. Greg Paulus, like the, I mean, you know, those are some names. Those are, I was, uh, I mean, I mean, a real Duke basketball fan. Okay. Have you talked to Jacoby since his revelation on the Smiley uh, Kaufman podcast? No, I have not. No. Not about that, at least. Okay. All right. What about what about the dynamic between him and, and Sam Howell? And, and obviously, you're, you're slightly removed from all this stuff, but there's still some of that in an NFL locker room, right? When you see yeah, a, cool. a guy, when you see a guy who you, you were at state with Jacoby. Yeah, for a year. Mm-hmm. I was. So it's not like you don't know him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know him very well, right? Because I was 17 when he was, you know, he, I don't, I don't know how long he transferred in. I don't know how long he was at State for. Yeah. He was there for three years. He sat out the one year and then played the two. Yeah. Yeah, he was a little bit older. Yeah. Wait, um, you mean when people are teammates, they're not best friends for life and they don't spend all their time together? I'm, yeah. I'm confused right now. He'd be so, so shocked about it, you know, just like it's, it's it's your job, right? You don't love your coworkers, but you got to work together to have some success. Um, but I do. I, do. I, I like Jacoby a lot. He's a great guy. I didn't know him that well when I was at State, but getting on a little better now, he, he's awesome. He's a good dude. Um, obviously, like the ribbing stuff is, is very real. Like uh, I played with Cole Holcomb last year before he left for the Steelers, and I gave him crap all the time. We're on the same side of the ball, right? And there was no gambling happening. We make that very clear, especially on team premises. There was no gambling happening, but you know, there was some some friendly back and forth, you know, where some Carolina stuff, you know, if, if we lost or where some state stuff. So there's always that dynamic at play. I was actually going to ask you about gambling because it does obviously I am someone who gambles, but I don't play in the NFL and I don't have an employer that tells me that I can't gamble here, there or or anywhere else. I'm just kind of curious your take on, on some of these suspensions and and just from the player's perspective, like how clear when all this kind of became normalized, were they to you guys? Did they sit you down? Was there like a one-on-one meeting? Was there anything that said, hey, 
you're allowed to bet on college football, but you can't yep. bet on this, you can't bet on that, and you can't make bets from either the team facility or the team plane, which does seem to be something that's getting some people in trouble. Yeah, no, there was definitely the like no gambling policy. Um, but to be frank, I mean, before all the suspensions, that was like a five minute meeting, like don't gamble, you know, here, 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 here. Okay, let's move on. Here's the script for the day or here's the practice for the day. Um, and obviously the league's handing out suspensions. So, you know, everyone's circling back and now it's a lot more clear, but it's, you know, if you gambled, you got caught in a tough spot with that, you know, obviously for gambling on NFL and NFL, like there's not too much sympathy there. Yeah, but that's totally different. That's not. Yeah, you're ruining the integrity of the game. Like, right. That's totally different. But like if you, you know, you're on FanDuel or whatever and you got a parlay going for a basketball game, but you're at the team hotel, like that's wasn't made very clear. Um, but you know what? Seeing these six game suspensions, year long suspensions, now it's it's very apparent to everybody what you can and can't do. Um, I'm not much of a gambler myself though, so it was never like an issue for me. But yeah, it was always something that was kind of murky. And now it's it's a big focus for the league. When they focus on things, I mean, you see you see what happens. How has it been in the NFL? Your seventh round pick. In year four, I, I, I could look up the numbers for you. It doesn't happen that often. So congratulations, even on, on that front. Um, but just, yeah, and then you add in everything that's happened in, in Washington during, during your time there. And it's just a lot of turmoil. So how have you been able to kind of weather all of that and, and have the success that you've been able to have so far? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, like I think a reason why a lot of the guys from state who go to the league, stay in the league, is, is that mentality of kind of, you know, chopping wood and carrying water. And I just, I just took it day by day. I knew I was a seventh-round pick. Um, my contract had like 100000 guarantee, which is, I mean, not even pennies to NFL team. Right. So, you know, I was always very um, expendable. So, I mean, my rookie year, I grinded on special teams. The reps I got on defense, you know, it's, it's about being on top of your game all the time. And, you know, I was that. And then, you know, unfortunately, Chase got hurt. And then, you know, I got those opportunities to start. And then I seized that moment. And that's kind of what it's been about is every opportunity, just making the most of it. Because, you know, seven round pick into year four, you get your couple chances to showcase what you got. And if you don't do it in that moment, well, the moment's over. Everyone it kind of universally uh, lauds Ron Rivera as a, as a football guy, a great guy, a great leader. Uh, and I know you don't always get time with the head coach. Another one of those myths. Um, right. But I, I'm curious, just just your impressions of him and how he's handled such a. I mean, I'm yeah. laughing because I'm not the one who has to live through it. But yeah, tumultuous time for the franchise. Yeah, I mean, Coach Rivera. I mean, that's an outstanding man. You got. I mean, you you inherit the Washington football team of that time, Commanders. You know, Redskins before you inherit all of that. You know, then you have cancer and then you're coaching with cancer. And then, you know, he wasn't just a head coach. He was also like managing stuff off the field, the rebranding. Like he, he had his hand in some different pots. Um, you just, oh, they turned to him because of, because of that character. Like they put him as the as the public face of the franchise, yeah. basically. Yeah. And he had to wear everything good or bad. And like that, you know, that takes a toll. So, I, you know, I always, you know, hats off to him, salute to him, because he's always been the same person day in, day out, even when things weren't the easiest or you know, he was having personal struggles as well. Um, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of Coach Rivera. Um, he's definitely a, a player's coach. He takes care of his guys. You know, you want to play for Rivera. Um, you know, he 
he sees us as people, right? And not just pawns on a board, which I appreciate. And, you know, he's always, you know, very open to the things we suggest or, you know, the things that we think might work as players. He always open door policy. Like he's a, honestly a great coach to play for. Such an eventful year in the NFL last year. I would like to get some of your thoughts on some of the things that happened last year on the field and player safety issues and, and some future issues for the NFL, but also would like to ask you a little bit about the changing landscape of college football and potentially the ACC. Let's do that right after we take this break. All right. Football season is almost upon us. You're going to be out at Carter Finley stadium right across the street there. Edwards mill road breeze through. That's right. Breeze through, get yourself a tumbler lifetime refills 20 bucks or as you know, on the OG, you can win one of these bad boys, but you don't need to win one or have one to go check out Breeze Through and take advantage of all of the things that they have. Beer, uh, all of your tailgate needs, ice. Uh, you got to hydrate as well. My personal favorite, the Dark Roast Coffee. They got locations all over the Triangle, all over this part of the state. Heck, they're on Blowing Rock too. Breeze Through, get your gas, great deal. Get your drinks and you'll be all set up for tailgate season at Carter-Finley Stadium, right there in Edwards, Edwards Mill Road, right across the street. Football season's almost here, and Breeze Through is going to take care of all of your needs. Yes, football season is almost here. You know what else is almost here? Those rookie cards, NFL cards, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Get those quarterbacks now before those prices for those cards skyrocket. Maybe you have some other rookies that you want to know how valuable they are. Best thing to do, go check out Weston at Oak City Sports Cards in downtown Raleigh, or you can check them out on oakcitycards.com. Such a great location, though, downtown. Go check them out. Bring your cards, and you got to get them graded. Weston's going to help you do that. To get the best value for your cards, you have to get them graded. Go check them out, oakcitycards.com. Tell them the Law of the Wolf sent you. This is year three for me of an NC State podcast in year three of a sponsorship with Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. My friend, Hayes Lancaster, and his crew, look, I'm outside right now. I'm only able to be out here because of the treatments I get in my backyard. Keep those bugs away outside the house. Keep them away inside the house. I got mice upstairs or had them. They're gone now because of that Pest Authority portion of the programming. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, check them out at bugsbite.com. If you know Hayes, you've probably seen him in the RV lot. Huge state fan supports this podcast and supports NC State in many ways. So check out Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. It's at bugsbite.com. Move on. We're back on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. It's James Smith-Williams joining me here this week on The Law of the Wolf. If you haven't done so, please subscribe, download, follow us on the YouTubes, five stars. Uh, James is a big podcast guy. He does not listen to this podcast because he's into crime podcast. I, I gave him an opportunity under the OG media umbrella to start his own podcast. He was like, eh, I, I just, I'm into crime, man. I'm not into sport. It's your world, man. I'll let you do whatever you want with your, with your podcast. That's a lot of legwork. I can't, all the background <laughs> research. That's a lot. That's okay. A lot. You wanted a contract too and some other stuff. And I'm like, come on, man. What hey, you need some guarantees in your contract, man. Hey, <laughs> Word is bond over here, man. Come on. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit. Um, last year in the NFL, I, I had a hard time. Uh, so maybe you don't remember my background. 
my dad was a high school coach, a high school football coach for for 25 years. And when I was in diapers, I'm on the sideline going to games and all those other things. So I've grown up, I grew up in football and played as a kid and obviously played in high school, but was never good enough uh, to play above the the one double A level. So I went to state instead and started talking about it and writing about it and doing all those things. Uh, but I, I, I worry about football in its participation numbers. I worry about football, particularly at the NFL level with the, the games and the schedule that they're putting you guys through. That seems needless to me. Uh, the Thursday night games in particular. And then I worry about football when you see DeMar Hamlin, when you see Tua Tunga Bailoa and really two instances last year that just both so happened to happen in Cincinnati. Two of those instances really just gave me pause and I'm 48 and I'm, I'm way out of the game. Right. But I look at it from your perspective and this is your living and, and you know, the risks obviously here in 2023, this isn't something that, you know, concussions and, and head in- injuries and your life expectancy and all the problems that go with what you've chosen to do with your life. Those are all things you're cognizant of. I'm just kind of curious from your mindset when, when you're watching Tonka Vailoa, and maybe maybe you didn't see it live, but obviously you saw a replay of it in a fencer's pose. I mean that that was new to me. Yeah, to see that and that was frightening. And then obviously, you know, the truth of the matter is, Demar Hamlin died on a football field, and his life was saved mm-hmm. uh, by the medical personnel that were there. Thank goodness. Uh, but to me, just two from as an outsider and observer, just frightening uh, episodes. I'm I'm, in, I'm curious. From a player's point of view and someone who who I consider to be a uh, next level type thinker, what were your interpretations of, of those two landmark events last season? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, my season ended last year with two concussions. Um, okay. I got one and then I came back two weeks later and suffered another one and ended my season. And um, the DeMar Hamlin one is tough because that feels like a a freaking nature event yeah. that felt like a you know i could be driving my wheel could pop off like of course it happened in the context of football but it that felt so one in a million um the tool one is that's tough to see right it's tough when i think about my life and my kids and my future and it's like okay what does that look like you know having had concussions and you know it's the research is out there and the nfl i'm not gonna say highlights it but you know they allow you to find it for yourself and it's, it's a tough trade-off and you know I've, I had some conversations when I had those concussions of like okay like is it time for the next chapter and I mean at the end of the day you know what what career profession are you going to make a million dollars at at 26 with under four years of experience and because that for me kind of parlays it into how that looks for the future for my children for my family you know it's there's so many trade-offs and for everyone it looks differently but I think the way I justify it and reason it to myself is like okay like if I can make I don't know 10 million dollars playing this game over eight years right that gives my family a cushion it gives the next couple generations a cushion if it's managed properly and all that stuff right and it and also I mean playing the NFL has given me a platform to do some incredible things that you know quite frankly, no one would, would care about any of the work that I do with domestic violence, sexual assault, I didn't play football, right? Like, I I got the award from Hillary Clinton because I play football. I'm up there with the CEO of PayPal, the CEO of Estee Lauder, um, um, 
an activist in Honduras who like lives under death threats and like I'm just like oh I play football and like I talk to high schools and like yeah you know like it's it's the the platform football gives you the reach is unbelievable I mean I went to Korea this year um because I play football and I got to talk to three-star generals about sexual assault and domestic violence me a football with no classical background training in this is just like hey here's what I think's right and because I play football, they listen to me, right? And they applaud me. Oh, you did a great job. This is such a great presentation. So engaging. And obviously, Brenda Tracy, you know, did a lot of the yeah. heavy lifting with that, right? Of course. But um, it's it's the cosign of playing in the NFL. Um, this artwork behind me, I uh, went to uh, Freeze in New York. It's a huge, like, art, I don't know, art show, whatever. Um, and the art broker I work with, I mean, she does a hundred million dollars in sales but she went with me personally because i play football this was not anywhere close to that you know right. what I mean? but it's it's there's trades is what you're saying yeah exactly and it, it's it opens so many doors that otherwise i mean you have to think right like i come from a single parent household my mom is college educated right and like i would have been fine as a student but like it's not like I came into this world with tons of connections and everyone wanted to help me and all the doors being open and it's football has opened so many doors outside of just football that I think otherwise wouldn't have ever been accessible to me. Do you, were you properly diagnosed with those concussions this year? I was. Okay. The second one obviously is, is because of you're more susceptible after getting the first one. Um, I, I know there's like this macho, but there's still like these remnants of the of the macho world. I'm and I'm sure it's greater in in your sphere than than mine for sure. Um, where you can't go, you might feel like you can't go to a, a team physician or or the yeah. trainer and say, "Hey, I got my bell rung there. I'm not I'm not quite clear on on what's happening here." Um, so that's good that those were diagnosed the way that they were. And it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about some of those trades and some of the opportunities that come with it. Um, I always thought, I guess the thing that got me this year. So when I was growing up in the eighties, right. Uh, you think of football in the seventies, you think of how bad the equipment was. You think about how bad the helmets were. You think about that artificial turf. You think about two a day practices and and you might not even have ever gone through. I'm not, <laughs> please don't take this as no, 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 like an NFL player, but Different. of your age like when i was in high school we actually did two days and we hit in both sessions we put we, we did the stupid oklahoma drill we did yeah. every stupid drill you could do and you just beat the shit out of each other for the sake of seeing who was tougher uh, you know in august and you were like what and you know you weren't allowed to get water and all this other stuff so my thought process on all of that was once we eliminated that you know introducing uh not only water breaks but nutrition level think about the nutrition level that you're at it's next it's off the charts right i always thought once we accepted and eliminated a lot of those things and then the nfl obviously took an extra step with the way that you're basically allowed to hit the quarterback now and the way that you're basically allowed to hit a receiver the way that you're basically allowed to hit a running back i mean it's all very different than 20 30 40 years ago so naively, I thought, well, the NFL's cleaned all this stuff up. They've taken all these extra steps. There is no more art- artificial turf uh, like that, that concrete turf. There is no more, you know, these helmets now are, are space age, if you will. Um, and I thought to myself naively, well, we won't see a situation like we did with Tua Tonga Vailoa. And, and even taking it another step, you know, you, you mentioned special teams, kickoffs, punts. You know, kickoff is the most dangerous play in football. I mean, they're, they've... Yeah. 
all but stop short of eliminating it. And I, and I can see a future where we don't have a kickoff. Um, but I naively thought, well, they've taken all these steps. We won't have a situation like Tua. We won't have that anymore, right? And that's where I guess I look at it and it's like, and it's the old Jurassic Park line, like nature's going to find a way. There's a violent game as my, uh, as my friend Ramadi Jones says, you know, they're, they're trying to make, you can never make cigarettes safe. They're like, right. There's no way to do it, you know, but I, that's what I kind of looked at the, the Tua thing. And I just thought, man, I thought, you know, we, the collective, like I thought we were just past all this stuff. And that's kind of what set me back on, uh, just how dangerous everything is, but gosh, we enjoy it. I mean, and that's the trade we make, right? And like you're saying, the opportunities that you've gotten have certainly have led to a better life for you and a better opportunity, not only for you, but your family and your future generations. So there's definitely a trade there. Speaking of uh, future, future generations um, in the ACC, you, you grew up and there were mostly when you grew up, there were nine teams in the ACC. You probably knew them all. Yeah. <laughs> and then there, were, then by the time you got into the league, there was 14 of them and you probably adjusted to that by the end of your career. Um, if they threw Stanford and Cal and SMU in the ACC, James Smith Williams, Millbrook grad, what, what, what would you think? Uh, a tobacco road guy, what would you think seeing those two California institutions yeah. in, in your league? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, right? It's all about the money. Everyone gets that. But, I mean, Stanford and Cal, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go with the ACC memories, the tobacco road, the, you know, you got Chris Paul and Tim Duncan and – Everyone from UNC, everyone from Duke, NC State had their legends. The the battles, I mean, you got to think, like, I was in the era where they willed in the TV. Like, when the ACC tournament was on, we all watched that. Like, whatever class you're in, that class is done. We're watching ACC tournament. You know, State's playing, Duke's playing, UNC, whoever's playing, right, from North Carolina, we're watching that. And, you know, know, seeing State play Stanford, it doesn't have the same ring to it, right? (laughs) It doesn't. Seeing Pittsburgh play SMU. And it yeah, right. an ACC game. Like, wait, what? I already don't want to watch Pit play. So now, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny. Um, I don't know. And then you know, I, I have friends in other sports. I'm thinking about like when soccer going to play in Palo Alto. Like it. Like what's the feasibility there? What's the cost look like there? It's just you know and. It, the Pac-12, you know, Stanford's like an Olympic sports school, yeah. right? That's what they are. I mean, I have a, a close teammate, really close friend who's from Stanford, and he's like, listen, they didn't care about football. Like, we had Andrew Love, we got Christian McCaffrey, we had Bryce Love. Like, that was cool, and, like, we had success. But, like, they want to see swim and see, They want to see row and see. Like, that's what they care about. And, I mean, you can't – that doesn't align. I mean, do we even offer half the sports that Stanford plays? Like, it's <laughs> – not even Carolina does, and they got they got more than anybody. I mean, it's yeah, it's it kind of crazy in this region, right? So yeah. it's I mean, obviously you're trying to do what you can for the conference, keep things afloat, stay competitive, keep everyone happy. But you know, hearing those teams, it doesn't really doesn't really align very well. The the in the actual landscape of college football and NIL has changed a whole lot, uh, even since you've been in the NFL. Curious your perspective on and your thoughts seeing the players finally getting a chance to I'm make bitter, money. I'm so bitter. I'm You're so, bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> so bitter. It's because I mean, t- 
to me, the numbers are crazy, right? Like you're getting kids who are getting 500K, right? And that's what you would take home on a rookie salary in the NFL. And you're getting that in college and it's fully guaranteed and, you know, no one's yanking your scholarship. And it, it's, I'm, I'm curious to see how it all ends up shaking out because once money's involved, it's, oh, you know, Cosmo already had money involved, right? But on the player side, it's like, hey, like, you're not performing, you lose the money. I feel like that's where it has to go. That's that's anything that involves money. We don't just pay people to pay people. We're not throwing money in the trash. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic kind of trickles down into college football, that kind of pro aspect of like, you're not performing, you are not paying. Did you consider yourself an employee of NC State when you were there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's what it is. I mean... Again, I love my time at State. I made some great bonds. I got no complaints. I, I, I made the most out of my time there. Um, but, it, I mean, it's, I represented the university if anything happened. Yeah, like you, you're, you're never just James Smith-Williams. You're James Smith-Williams, NC State football player with all these obligations and all these, these standards and things you're accountable to. And it's, it's not something you can just turn off when you go home or to your dorm, I guess. What about the hours you put in, though? That's what I was getting at in terms yeah. of an employee. Oh, I, was an I, average week, you think? Of required things. I mean, if you add in class and study hall, which is just my freshman year, and practice, which was like seven to two, uh, the class was like three to three to seven. And then sometimes we come back for like night film, like eight to nine. I mean, 11, 12 hour days. That's, it's intense. The NFL was so much. Not easier. <laughs> I was going to say, watch those words. It's not easier because the talent <laughs> is much better. But, like, it's very much a, okay, well, I'm not in school. I play football full time. You're a grown man. Handle your business. Perform on Sundays. Don't get in trouble. We're good. And it's the dynamic is totally different. Uh, my friend, I could spend another hour with you here if, if we really wanted to. But I'm going to let you go. But I want you to... Uh, plug something that you've got going on because I, I know while you were here at state to set the expectation, but I also think you're still working with Brenda and doing some, doing some work with her. And, uh, if, and if there's anything else you, you'd like to get people out there here in, in this community that you know so well, uh, motivated to do now's your chance. Yeah. We have a, a back to school drive, um, that's supporting a lot of different communities. Um, we're doing that right now. I don't know all the details on that, but it's on my Instagram and, you know, if someone DMs me, I'm always happy to talk with state fans, you know, whoever, whoever wants to help, always happy to talk with them. Um, you know, we're just kind of kicking off the schedule for a community service. We have a call coming up about that to finalize some dates. So things are still up in the air, but I do know that the uh, back to school drive is the, the biggest initiative we're taking on right now. All right. You miss talking to me, don't you? I do, man. This is a great conversation. This is, look, you got Joe, but like, I mean, we can do, hey. I just want to keep telling you. <laughs> Give me the contract, man. That's, that's all I'm <laughs> there, saying. There's that contract to get. <laughs> I thought we had a thing. <laughs> we do. Is we had a great conversation. I'm, I'm happy to give insights and you know, you know, but nothing in the world is free. <laughs> hey, man. Things I've learned. Things you already knew. James Smith Williams, best of luck to you this year with Washington. You know, I'll be rooting for you, even though I can't stand that Washington team, but I'll root for you. I appreciate uh, it. And much, uh, much luck to you and continued success because uh, you, you definitely deserve it, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you.
<sighs> See, that wasn't hard. That was a good time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, 